Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Russ and Kim Klein. I want to give a quick, quick introduction for Russ and Kim and Shekinah. Um, how many nations have you guys preached the gospel in now? Six continents and 40 nations. Um, they've been in the ministry now 34 years. Um, 22 years ago, they came into our lives. It was a miracle. It still is a miracle. Um, these are friends of God. They're here to impart God's heart to you. And so just receive them as God's gift. Become the recipient of the grace of God that is upon their life and just drink in tonight. Amen. Are you ready to receive? Are you ready to receive? Come on, let's welcome the clients tonight. Come on, let's give a big, big welcome. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. You can be seated, please. It is wonderful being with you all. You know, uh, Pastor Brian, the, um, the first time we ministered at Victory Church up in Youngstown, they opened with there's something in the air tonight. That was the first worship song they sang, a Phil Collins song. Oh, well, excuse me. Oh, did he? Okay. I thought it was Phil Collins, but Joe Thomas, well, the worship team. We, we went to different conferences. There was um, a group called Morningstar in Charlotte, North Carolina. And several of them, they had been saved during the Jesus movement and kind of, excuse me, come out uh, from the Beatles and all of that. And their worship services are things like, come together right now, you know, for singing about unity and I want to hold your hand was, you know, intimacy. And uh, anyway, it, yeah, it, it looked like a bad episode of I Dream of Jeannie, you know, just, uh, bless them. Uh, yeah, boomer. <laughs> anyway, I'm a boomer too. But um, anyway, look, it is great being with you all. We are excited about, uh, this has been a wonderful time, 22 years watching all that God's done with you and, and Josiah and, and Victoria, and, and it's, it's wonderful. Look, we want to just jump right into all that, that God has and, and share with you some things. By the, the um, uh, introduction that, that Pastor was given, uh, yes, Kim and I have been married uh, coming up in maybe 36 years if you can believe that. Uh, it's wonderful. And, and Kim, Kim claims to turn 29 every year, but uh, yeah, it is. So. Just like a miracle. I married a brunette. One day she woke up a blonde. Huh? <laughs> a blonde miracle. And the, uh, well, a bottle helped a little bit, but um, of hair color. And it, not, not the bottle, but a bottle. Uh, sipping saints, but, um, and, and for now, 33, almost 34 years, been traveling around the world, so we based in Hampton, Virginia, um, met in Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, Kim's a Kansas City girl, and so we're celebrating a lot of things, and we were actually, we were scheduled, we've been in Florida for almost two weeks now, and we were actually scheduled to go to Magic Kingdom with Fast Passes on the day they had the Super Bowl Parade. And so we ended up in the midst of that humongous crowd. We were right where they stopped Patrick Mahomes, our star quarterback, and we were on television on ESPN, Fox, everything else. Kevin Shekinah, right there as they were. 
In fact, Patrick Mahomes was filming the crowd. We're on Patrick Mahomes' Instagram. All right? Correction, we're on Patrick Mahomes' Instagram. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, my, my, all you can see is my blonde hair in front of, yeah, behind their faces. Anyway, um, you know, God is moving throughout the nations. And I know many years ago when Kim and I first started in ministry, a prophetic word came to us that God was going to give us more than one home and more than one place. Now, how many of you ever received a prophetic word and you thought you understood what it meant, but it was something completely different? I was dreaming of owning mansions around the world. That has not transpired. We have a house built in 1960 in Hampton, Virginia. But what God has done is given us home bases in different parts of the world and different nations. And we know this, that God uh, substantiates what he initiates. And when God sends us, there's something about the apostolic sending of the Lord. When we're on assignment from the Lord, God gives not only the provision, but the authority and the revelation to accomplish that assignment. And we're seeing that in different cities and nations. Well, one of the places that God has sent us is to the United Kingdom. And I was sharing with the leaders last night, my mom for Christmas about a year and a half ago got us the Ancestry DNA kits, you know, where you fill a test tube with spit and send it in and they tell you your ancestral background. What we found out is that um, a couple of things uh, on my end, my 10th great-grandmother was a, a girl named Mary Chilton. She was the first one from England to step off of the Mayflower when it came to America. And then found out that my relative, uh, an ancestor, was the mayor of London, England in the 1500s. Lived in a castle called Arendelle Castle. <laughs> Not frozen, but still, Arendelle <laughs> Castle. And what we see is that many times God bring, redeems even the family line to bring forth places that he's giving spiritual authority. And so we have a, we have a, a base church in, in different parts of the world, but one of them is in London, England. In 1993, we went to a little church in London. It was a storefront church, about 100 people there, and God moved in, in powerful ways. It was one of only two or three times we have experienced this, but the physical wind of the Holy Spirit blew into a building. The, the, uh, the place was, God had been doing miracles. It was a place was full of visitors, non-church people. In fact, the place was so full of, of visitors, the pastor asked the normal church people to go stand in the foyer and give the seats to the visitors. The abnormal ones, yeah, <laughs> had to stay. And so we were just in worship, and, and it was a holy hush of the Lord. You know, it came to the place where even speaking in tongues didn't seem to f suffice. You were just in the place of the awe of the Lord. And all of a sudden, with, with eyes closed, we began to hear a sound. And it was the sound of two things. One, a rushing wind. And two, of bodies falling. With nobody laying hands, nobody blowing in a microphone, nobody doing anything, the Holy Spirit was blowing up the center aisle of the church. And row after row of non-believers were falling into the power of the Spirit. And many came to Christ that morning, that Sunday morning, including a young man named Mark. Mark was our age, 29 30 years old at the time. And God began speaking over Mark's life that God was going to use him to spread the fire of the gospel to the nations of the earth. Well, that Mark, Mark King, is now the missions pastor of this church. The church is about 1,000 people, has 78 nations in this church, being in the London area. 
And this is a base. We usually base there for about two months each year uh, going out from there. So we have been in and out of the United Kingdom probably 30 or 40 times over the last 25 plus years. And we've always had a wonderful opportunity and welcome to come in. But it was unique because at this time, a few months ago when we were over there, we were stopped at the border in an area of London. This particular airport is an area of London that has a very strong uh, um, Muslim influence. And between uh, the, the influence of Europe, and of course the UK has just come out, uh, of the European Union, but the influence of Europe and the humanism, uh, the, the uh, influx of, of Islam, many other things, there has arisen um, a, a hatred and, a, and a, an obstacle to the gospel. If you've been following some of what's been happening where Franklin Graham was refused opportunity and entrance into England to preach because of his stance for biblical morality, um, when we were there, we were stopped at the border. We were detained for six hours, and they, uh, they took us, and the girls are going to share some of what they went through during this because it was in a unique time. But uh, we were detained. We were told that we were there illegally if we were preaching the gospel. Um, they fingerprinted us. They took us. Uh, they, they locked us in a room with chained down um, uh, furniture, everything else. They took us through a, an interrogation of about an hour and a half. And they told us, I said, look, we should kick you out of the country and never let you back in again. But we have been praying for the favor of God. Before they took our phones away, we were able to get out some prayer messages to different places. And people began praying. And God gave us favor uh, with that, but I, I want to tell you the end of the story, and then the girl's going to share some of what uh, transpired during that. This, we nearly got kicked out of England, and a day and a half after we were let back in, without any planning, without uh, knowing what was going to happen, I received an invitation from a, um, a, a wealthy Christian businessman in England to meet him at Parliament in downtown London, to a day and a half later, and I ended up in a meeting with 30 people in the House of Lords in Parliament. These were the lords, the senators, if you will, and we had opportunity to speak and to interact with leaders on the national level that are talking about how to bring a prodigal nation back to God. I, I love... I love how God sets things up that cannot be manipulated by man. It's not giving into the spirit of politics to get yourself in a place. It's when God opens a door of influence, a door of speaking into a, a, a people and a nation, the word of the Lord. And so do be praying for us because they have stamped our passports that they are going to be watching us from now, anytime we go back in, but Lord willing, we're going back in and know that God's going to continue to open those doors. But Kim and Shekinah, why don't you share a little bit of what uh, transpired, what you all saw, and what God did in, in you as that all happened. So Kim, if you want to. Well, I tell you what, it was quite an interesting 
um, thing that we had to go through there. In fact, we had just come off of being in Holland and a huge victory ministry there. It was so cool to see what God did in Holland. And then we had another blessing on top of the ministry is this, this couple there, this couple there just took us into their home and then took us around all over the place. We went to Kuchenhof, the big gardens, the tulip gardens. We went all these places and they wouldn't let us pay for a thing. And it it was just like going on a vacation free of charge in Holland, and it was so wonderful. And so here we are after this wonderful victory in the ministry and this wonderful blessing of being taken away. You know, so we're kind of up here, woohoo! And then we get to the border. And when we get to the border, I tell you what, the minute I looked at this man, I could see evil in his eyes. I don't know if you've ever met anybody like that. But I saw it, and a shudder went through my whole body. I knew that the enemy was at work big time. And I kept saying, Lord, you're bigger. Lord, you're bigger. And the things that they did, I mean, the interrogation where they were trying to trip us up, they took apart our luggage, every piece of underwear, every piece of paper. I had an anniversary card from Russ, and they read my anniversary card. I mean, everything. They took apart our Bibles and we're looking for things. I mean, I would have thought that we were trying to get into North Korea. And this is England. I mean, this is where our ancestors came from. And now, I mean, we are treated like enemies of the state. And it was scary. I have to admit, that was scary. We have been through some stuff. Me and Russ have gone through some stuff. Now, Shekinah had never been through anything like this before. But we have gone into communist nations. We have been held at machine gunpoint. We have gone through some life and death situations over the years. And God has always brought us through. And it's been harrowing. But whenever you are put in a situation like this and now you have a child going through it, that's a whole different story. That mama bear in me rose up and I said, how dare they? That is my daughter. They will not touch my daughter. And there was something in me. I was so angry about what they were doing because I knew it was straight from the pit of hell what they were doing. In fact, I won't go into all the details, but one of the things after they did very, very demeaning, humiliating things, they sent in a Muslim woman to do a body cavity search on me. And I had nightmares for about three weeks afterwards of being raped. And it was so evil. I mean, what on earth? Why would they do that? And yet, this is where we were at. And it was so good, at least, that we had got, they, they confiscated our phones after they realized that we were on the phone saying, you need to pray right now. We are in a situation. And so we got those out, and we didn't get, we only got, I mean, just a few out, not a whole bunch. And before they took our phones away, and then they were trying to pull up everything on our phones. And it was so evil, everything that was happening. And I mean, and they told us that they would be locking down the chains if we misbehaved as they were locking us away. And they took the mug shots. I'd never had a mug shot before. So I'm probably in a book over there in London. I hope my hair looked good that day. So, um, <laughs> but it was a very, very serious thing. But I remember sitting there, sitting there in the first interrogation place that we were put with guards around us. And I was praying. I said, Lord, this is not supposed to be happening. How dare they? I don't want them to touch my daughter. In fact, I remember, I remember I turned into mama bear at one time. Whenever they did that horrible thing to me with the 
cavity search. I started yelling at them. I said, you will not touch my daughter. You will not touch my daughter. She is still a minor because she was still 17 at the moment. And I didn't know if they even had rules over there like that or laws like that. But I started yelling at them. I think I scared them. I mean, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I, I did not want Shekinah to have to do this. And so, and you know what? God intervened and they did not do that to her. So, so many things happened, but in that first place that we were sitting there, in this place, and I was shaking, I was livid, because I knew that this was a total violation, what they were doing was so evil and so wrong, and I was so mad, and I said, I don't want Shekinah to have to go through this. We've been through stuff like this before, but this has always been communist nations, places where it is illegal. This is London. And I am sitting there in my chair so angry about this. I said, I don't want Shekinah to have to do this. And I heard the Lord speak to me very, very clearly. He goes, I have her in training. That was his words. I have her in training. I still don't know exactly what that's supposed to mean. But I hadn't even looked at Shekinah because she was sitting over in another place. And I happened to look over and my child is sitting there worshiping Jesus in a Holy Spirit bubble, absolutely surrounded with the most serene look on her face. I'm falling apart, and my little girl is over there like, oh, Jesus, da, 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 and singing songs to Jesus and doing all these things. And I'm thinking, wow, I think I need to be more like Shekinah. So I will let Shekinah tell the next part. I can say quite honestly that that was the scariest moment of my life. But although it was the scariest thing I'd ever had to go through, I've never felt the Lord on me in a way that powerful so much. I, we were held for six hours. And for the first two hours, we were put in this isolated little corner, kind of in the back, where we didn't know what was going on. They didn't tell us what was going to happen. And I didn't specifically think to myself, okay, now it's time to be a good Christian and start praying. But it just started coming out of me. Worship started flowing out of my mouth. It's almost like I wasn't even in control of it. It just started flowing out of me. And I started praying. I started praying in tongues. And I also started singing. And there was a song, or actually one verse of a song that kept going through my mind. And that was, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Borders. I actually didn't get that till later, but that's probably why that song was in my head. <laughs> but as we are going through all of that, even though it was so scary, I could almost feel the Lord sitting beside me, whispering to me, saying it's going to be okay. And so throughout all of those six hours, through the mugshots, through the fingerprints, through the interrogation, through the searches in our bags, through everything that they did, I just felt this peace come over me. And just a couple days prior, we had gone to Corey Tin Boom's house. Some of y'all might know who she is, some of you might not, but she was an amazing woman. So if you don't know who she is, you should completely look up her story. She was an incredible woman. But she stood up for what she believed in. She stood up for her faith. She was persecuted for her faith. Her father and her sister died standing up for what they believed in. And in my mind, I was thinking to myself, 
you know what? This is my Cory Ten Boom moment. This is my moment that under persecution, I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. I'm going to stand up for my faith. I'm going to stand up for the gospel. And so I was thinking to myself, this is my Cory Ten Boom moment. And when you typically think of ministers, you typically think of missionaries that get persecuted for their faith, to that um, get persecuted for sharing the gospel in places that don't have it. And although I have been in ministry my whole life, I've never actually had to deal with that. My parents have had tons of times where they've been held up at gunshot. They've, like, they've been held up at all sorts of places, but I've never actually had that. And for me, I thought to myself, you know what, this is my true missionary moment. This is the moment where I'm not leaning on my parents as amazing as they are. I'm leaning on God and God completely. And so throughout all of that time, I just felt an overwhelming amount of peace. And it kind of made me think, in the darkest times, in the hardest times, the times where you don't know what's going on, the times where you don't know what's going to happen just around the bend, that's the time that God can show up in a way that you never even expected. And I think that you should just trust in the dark times, in the times where you are hurting and you need someone to count on. You can count on him because he will show up. He, no, there's no doubt he will show up in those dark times. But I do have to admit, once we got um, out of the country, I was very happy. God bless America. <laughs> That is true. You're very happy to be American after you go through something like that. But um, one thing I was, you know, because, of course, um, Pastor Brian and Pastor Bryn, they have been in Washington, D.C. quite often. And I'm going to tell you this. If we don't do something here in our nation, we're going to be straight like them. We don't realize that most of Americans, we're just in oblivion thinking that everything's going to be the same that it's always been. When we first started going to England and to London, it was not like this. It is like a totally different place. In fact, it is to the point, it is to the point that I, we, had to, we're, we have an apartment in London. And it's kind of in the middle of a, you know, an area there where it has all different nationalities and things. And we have to walk to the grocery store, and that's where you get a lot of exercise. You walk miles every day. And you carry your own groceries a mile back. And so that's where we were. But I decided to do a little experiment. And I started counting the people as we were walking between our apartment and the grocery store. Counting the people. For every one iconic British person that you would see, where most people in America, when they think of a British person, you have a picture in your head. But for every one, there was probably eight Muslims and two Buddhists. And one whoever they were. I don't know. And I mean, we are talking, they are so outnumbered. It has become a Muslim, a Muslim city. London has. In fact, their mayor that they elected is a Muslim, if you can imagine that. In London. And that is where it's been. In fact, it has got so ungodly there that even in the public schools, we were talking about the public schools here just a few minutes ago. In fact, right over there, they're doing so many things in this forced education of the kids. In fact, one classroom of little elementary schools, cool kids, they made them write um, a proposal, like a marriage proposal to somebody else in the class, write one out. But it had to be to a same-sex classmate. 
That is part of the assignment. So many things have come. And you know what? We're about 20 years from that if we don't do something here in America. And we could just walk by in oblivion the whole way and then find ourselves in this situation. And it is a scary thing. When you travel, your eyes are opened a little bit. And London was not like this when we started going there in 1993. And now it has turned so Muslim forced. I mean, you see them all the time. In fact, there was a Muslim lady walking down the street um, and she was dressed all the way in black. All you could see was her eyes. And I turned around and her eyes were so full of hatred, I jumped. And then she looked at me and Shekinah and she screamed, stupid! And I mean, it just out of nowhere. I mean, we weren't doing anything to the lady. And she, there's such a hatred for Christians. And if we don't do something in America, we're going to be there. We've got to do something now. Because God has a plan for this nation, and he's going to take it to the righteousness. Where over there, I mean, the enemy has got in, and it's a scary place. God is bringing us back, isn't he? Amen. Thanks. Go ahead, girls. You can take a, take a seat. Uh, throughout the nations of the earth, God is. Um, I want to just talk for a few minutes, and we're going to just move into however the Holy Spirit wants ministry to transpire. If God brings us to your heart, do be uh, praying with us. Uh, one of the things that God has put on our heart, Shekinah at 18 years old, been on 400 and however many airplanes, been all over the world with us. Um, but she's been to the Western world, all across Australia, U.S., Canada, all across Europe. But she's not yet been with me to much of the development world. And so by the grace of God over the next couple of years, I'm, I'm taking her to Africa, I'm taking her to India, I'm taking her to Asia, and I want her to experience not just the culture, not just the different expressions of church, but I want her to be with me in these areas where the miraculous just breaks out. I mean, to the things that, that we and many others have seen that have gotten to travel to the nations of the earth. And so, you know, just be, be praying for us in those areas that God brings us to your heart. Uh, when I shared a few moments ago about the, uh, the tongues of fire, I was brought to a scripture in James chapter 3. Now, um, in James 3, uh, the, the Lord is speaking to us through James about the tongue. And it's a negative context, um, talking about the power of the tongue to destroy. But I want to, if you will, put a positive spin on one part of this. In James chapter 3, it says, Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. And it brings that analogy to talk about how the tongue can be that small spark to start a fire. In this instance, it's destruction. But how many of you know God redeems what the enemy wants to use for destruction? And when God, and in fact, I remember growing up in the, in the assemblies of God and being taught about tongues, being the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I remember at nine years old when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. And I tried to put some theology around that. I didn't want to believe something just because it was being taught to me. Um, and, and so I, I, I began to question, Lord, what is it about the tongue and the speaking in tongues? And I'm not going to give a treatise on, on the power and the value and the need for speaking in tongues, though I believe in it. But think about it. If God has control of the tongue for that moment of time and the Holy Spirit is speaking through us, and Scripture says the hardest part of the body to control is the tongue, then it's a sign, if you will, the Holy Spirit has control of the hardest part of our body to control, therefore all of us. 
But I love the fact that God, when the Holy Spirit came, used the speaking in tongues as a sign, and there's power in that. So I want to bring it to tongues of fire that God is releasing on the earth. And those are tongues speaking the word of the Lord. Do you remember on the day of Pentecost, when the crowd gathered around, they were mocking the 120, they're, they're drunk, they've had too much wine, and, and Paul stood up, excuse me, Peter stood up and said, you know, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning, and they're not drunk, but what you see is the Holy Spirit. Then he began to go back to Scripture and said, this is what Joel prophesied in Joel chapter 2. Did you ever read Joel chapter 2 and see what Joel actually prophesied? Joel did not prophesy speaking in tongues. He prophesied that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh, and it says your sons and daughters will do what? What was fulfilled in the day of Pentecost as vital and as needed and as important as it is to speak in tongues? The main manifestation and fulfillment of Joel's prophecy was God was releasing a prophetic generation. And we can speak in tongues as much as we desire, but even Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you, but I'd rather have you prophesy. So please don't, or don't, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying tongues is less than. I'm not saying that it's not important. What I am saying is, if we're going to bring the word of the Lord as a fire to light our nation aflame with the glory of God, it's going to take more than a bunch of Christians in a prayer meeting speaking in tongues. It's going to take men and women and young people whose tongue have been set aflame with the prophetic word of the Lord. So it is the day for the prophetic revelation of God. Now look, I love fivefold ministry. I love apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. I love the fact that we get to arise not to do the work of the ministry, but to equip you to do the work of the ministry. If I'm doing my job right, you will not be sitting in a service playing what I call the prophetic pick-me club, hoping that they quit preaching long enough to actually prophesy to some people and then try to look spiritual enough that you get called out. I've been doing this for a lot of years and I understand the game. Now, I understand that there's true hunger, and I'm not downplaying that all or, or, or mocking that. But see, the prophetic is a whole lot more than hoping we get a word. I don't know about you. I've got so many words on my life. It would take me five lifetimes to fulfill them. Sometimes what I need is not another prophecy. Sometimes what I need is wisdom to walk into it. Sometimes I need provision to get there, and sometimes I need a kick in the rear end to get moving. So we don't always just need another prophetic word. God wants to bring forth the, the, the thunderings of heaven. And I don't remember what I preached to you all last year, but one of the messages God gave me uh, about a year or so ago was out of Revelation 4. And it was coming into the heavenly realm. When John is caught up and there's an open door standing in heaven, an invitation to come up higher. And he encountered the lightnings and the thunderings of heaven around the throne of God. And I know as I was uh, preaching on that, the Lord said the thunderings are the voice of the Lord that are going to awaken the people again. You know what? You, you live in Florida. We, we uh, uh, went to college in Missouri. We know what thunderstorms and tornadoes here, hurricanes and different things are like. And you know what thunder does? Thunder can cause people to jump. It can catch them by surprise. It can cause fear. 
You know what we need again? We need thundering voices in the pulpits of America again that are not cowards. They're not limp-wristed, effeminate preachers afraid of offending somebody. But somebody that will be, and look, thank God for our Trump trumpet in the White House. But you know what? I think sometimes, and please don't mishear what I'm saying. I think sometimes God has to go outside the church to find the trumpet. We need the thundering voice of God to wake people up. Let me ask a question. How many of you love your alarm clock? Alarm clocks are not welcome, they're not applauded, they're not loved, but they're necessary. The prophetic voice of God today is not about being celebrated. It's not about having a big mailing list and a crowd following you. It is about sounding the alarm to wake the church up and wake the nation up. But guess what? Sarasota is not going to come and beat down the door to hear me preach. As great as Brian and Bran are, as great as our pastor friends here are, guess what? The whole city is not going to come to your service or your service. But God has placed you right in the midst of culture. Look, yes, we must be loving. Look, you heard what Kim was talking about in London. Please hear our hearts. Jesus died for Muslims. Jesus died for humanists. Jesus died for Democrats. <laughs> we, <laughs> we love people because Jesus loved people. But we understand there's got to be truth out of a heart of love. When I was a young preacher, I loved truth, but I didn't like people a whole lot. And so I had very little authority in the spirit realm because even though I spoke truth, preached truth, prophesied truth, it was not of a heart of love. God had to give me, break me of my pride, my arrogance, and, and bring me back to identity of being a son so I knew I didn't have to prophesy to get accepted, but I could prophesy from acceptance as a son. And in that place, I got a hold of the heart of Father God. So we can love people as, as we were after eating at Carabas today with, with the, the Gibbs and, and, and getting back. I know I began praying and saying, God, give me your heart for the people tonight. Look, we don't want to say, I'm, I'm, I'll be 57 next month. I started preaching when I was 15 years old. I may not be the best preacher around, but I've been doing it for a long time. And I can stand here and preach because I know how to do it. I can stand here and activate a gift of prophecy because God's put it in me and I can activate it by faith. But I don't want to stand here because I'm going to get an offering later. I want to stand here because it's just my job. I want to be motivated, propelled, uh, driven by the heart of God. And if we're going to love America, if we're going to love our nation, if we're going to love our city, that means we've got to love as Jesus loved. And when you love with his heart, he can trust you with his revelation. We must have, again, a fresh prophetic move that is not just about the platform persona. Kim and I were blessed in the 80s to be mentored by some of what were called the Papa Prophets of the, of, of the world. And for all of that. But God is doing more than just bringing a few superstar prophets. And I thank God for those he's raising up. But ultimately, it's not going to be about being impressed with somebody's revelational ability. 
back in the early days of um, the, what were called the Kansas City Prophets, Mike Bickle and what's now IHOP. Uh, Kim and I were back around in the early days before there ever was an IHOP. In fact, IHOP, when it first started, it meant intercession, holiness, offering, and prophetic. It didn't mean International House of Prayer. It meant it, 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 intercession, holiness, offering, and prophetic. And I remember during those early days and, you know, the, the heroes of the prophetic movement back then, Paul came, Bob Jones, John Paul Jackson, you know, Jim Gall, all of them um, were around. And I remember they'd prophesy. And, and Mike Bickle, and this is not telling on to him uh, something he's, he's taught about. But sometimes the leaders of Kansas City, and they were new to the prophetic, somebody would give a prophetic word, and they'd hold up like Olympic scorecards. That was a 3.2. That was a 5.7. Now, they, were just, they, they weren't trying to mock. They were just having fun. But God convicted them one time that it was engendering a competitiveness. And it was bringing the prophetic to a level of, of performance. And look, if, if the leaders entrusted with the prophetic movement had to learn that, how much more do we? You know what? I thank God when God gives people's names and addresses and details. Kim gets that kind of stuff more than me, but I love when, when that kind of thing happens. But ultimately, God is not trying to impress people with knowledge. I can take you to a psychic and witch doctor that can tell you your address. You see, the spirit of prophecy in Revelation 19.10 is the testimony of Jesus. I believe the greatest example of prophecy is whatever reveals Jesus to somebody in a way that's real and relevant. It might be a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. It might be just a very simple word. So please, yes, press into all that God has. You were prophesying about the supernatural and all that's coming forward. But guys, until we honor and value where we are and never tire of the things. We were in a meeting a few days ago in Orlando. And I remember they were talking about, it was an a, a apostolic lady named Shirley Arnold. Used to be over in Lakeland. And, and she was talking about recapturing, what does she call it? The awe and the wonder. The amazement. When's the last time we're amazed by God? We get so used to the supernatural move of the Spirit. When's the last time we were amazed? I remember back years ago in the early 90s hearing Benny Hinn talk one time. And he said this, he said, no matter how many miracles he sees, every time somebody gets healed, he feels like a little kid rejoicing. And I said, God, help me to never grow so used to the supernatural and the glory that I end up despising it and counting it as less. God's bringing forth a prophetic anointing, and that is upon the people of God. Our job is not to impress you. Our job is to equip you and release you because there's a thundering voice of God coming forward and we know this that God's releasing the church with kingdom mindset look most of you will never have a microphone and prophesy in front of a people a congregation but you are called to be prophetic voices Kim and I have seen over the years as we got a chance to raise people up different parts let me tell you a couple of stories that we saw Kim we were doing a prophetic conference one time and Kim had a dream for a lady sitting there and she, she released a dream and it opened up a relationship with her and her husband. Her, her husband uh, was the CEO of a large uh, corporation, 30,000 employees. And because of what he did, he had top secret clearance with government. 
and, and, and this is probably about 10 years ago. Um, this is going on, and the prophetic word of the Lord opened up a place of relationship and a place of honor, not because of who we are, because nobody knew our name and all this other stuff. But it ended up where um, on, on, a, on a fairly regular basis for about a year period of time, uh, they would bring in admirals and generals and leaders and have them sit down in their home and ask us to speak the word of the Lord into their lives. Not because we manipulated anything. We didn't even know who the lady was when Kim had the dream for her. And God began opening up opportunities where we live from Hampton, Virginia, up through the corridor to Washington, D.C. We have the FBI training ground, CI training ground, CIA. We have all of these things up and down through there. And not just with us, but God is strategically placing men and women in places to speak words that are going to grab a hold of the hearts of leaders. We're going to whisper what God is speaking, and they are going to declare in their places of influence into the mountains that are going to cause culture to be reformed. And God is placing you. And can I tell you, you may say, well, you know what? I don't get the call to Washington, D.C. How many of you know that God is not just interested in changing America, but right here in Sarasota? There are people you encounter every day. And so remember that, that vision I, I was talking about in the small tongues? Sometimes you might look at yourself and say, well, compared to that, what I have is nothing. Please don't devalue yourself. God has entrusted the, the word of the Lord, the power of God, the, the presence of God into your life to make a difference. We had, um, we had a, a detective in our church in Virginia a few years ago. He was the top detective in Virginia. And we had several police officers and, and dispatch uh, officers in our church. And there were two murders that happened in Hampton, Virginia, several years ago that this detective was assigned to. Um, they weren't making any headway. So he got a hold of the dispatcher who called Kim and I and two prophetic intercessors in our city. And they asked us to begin praying to see if God showed anything. On one of the murders, not, nobody heard anything. But on one of the murders, God began to speak, not through Kim and I. But one of the intercessors in the city, God showed her where the body had been buried, where the truck, what the truck looked like, and where it had been hidden. She called the dispatcher who called the detective, who with the wisdom of God didn't go into the suspect and say, God showed us. He went and say, this is what you did. This is where you hid the body. This is where you hid the truck. And the guy thought they'd found it and confessed. Not only that, but you know what happened? God opened the door for about two months before, unfortunately, the enemy got in and, and destroyed some things in our church. But for two months, we had prophetic intercessors on ride-alongs with the police department. You see, the vision was this. God, we want to do more than solve a crime by revelation. Why can't God give prophetic people revelation to see what's going to happen before it happens? You see, the kingdom of God in our cities is not just good church services. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in our streets. God is bringing forward people that are going to have the voice of the Lord in their mouth. But we've got to get real and practical about it. It means you've got to practice hearing the voice of God. You've got to press in to hear the voice of God. Kim and I said, been married nearly 36 years. And you know what? We've hit that place a long time ago in our marriage. Kim can just look at me and I know what she's thinking, whether she says a word or not. 
You know what? The key to hearing God is not a list of how God speaks. It's relationship. Y'all been married how long? 25 years. And is the church doing anything special for you? Anyway, was that prophetic? <laughs> anyway, you know what? Every relationship is unique and different. Kim and I have a marriage based on biblical principles. So do Brian and Brand. But you know what? The way we carry out that marriage, the way we relate to one another, the way we talk to one another, the things that we do that we enjoy doing together are going to be different. You know what? You don't have to have a carbon copy relationship with God that's just like somebody else's. God wants to speak to you in a unique individual way. One of the ways that Kim knows I love her is that I wear the Disney shirts that she sticks Mickey Mouse on when we go to Disney World. Because that's not really my thing, but it's her thing. Would you wear a Mickey Mouse shirt? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next time I have to wear one, I'll let you see. The voice of the Lord is recognized through a relationship. And one of the most, one of the greatest benefits of hearing God's voice is intimacy. The Bible says this, receive a prophet in the name of a prophet. What do you get? What is a prophet's reward? I'm not going to do a long, deep teaching on it, but I believe one of the greatest rewards of the prophetic is revelation of Jesus. I never finish it out. Revelation 19.10 the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy is not about predicting the future. Prophecy is not about knowing somebody's name and, and birthday. That's all part of it. But prophecy's main goal is to reveal Jesus. And when you see Jesus, God will entrust you with his heart and then entrust you with revelation that will touch people. God has so many ways of speaking. We got to get rid of, of doubt. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So how to hear God, number one, have faith. Faith of a child. I mean, it's just, it's, I, I, sometimes I think we get so deep that we complicate this walk with God. The faith of a child. Number two, get rid of hindrances. I mean, have you ever, have you ever gone up in the mountains or come down from an airplane and your ears are stopped up? And, and, and you can't hear clearly. Do you know sometimes we allow junk to stop up our spiritual ears? We need some Holy Ghost Q-tips. <laughs> Clean out our, our hearing so we can hear the voice of the Lord. Have you ever been talking um, to, your, to your spouse or to your child or something, and they're nodding and say, you know, saying yes, but you know they don't hear a word you're saying? We do that to God all the time. We come to church. We hear prophecy, and we're going, you know, one of my pet peeves, a prophetic word comes, and I first respond. I honestly get really tired of clapping and then going on with the service. Go ahead and clap, but then apply the word. Think about the word. Pray the word. Anyway. So. But. We say yes. We say amen. We clap, holler, cry. But then we do we listen. Do we apply it? 
But we've, we've got to get rid of the, the doubts and the fears and all the other things that stop us from hearing God. Sometimes we think that our daddy's going to give us the cold shoulder. Have you ever been in one of those kind of relationships? You make them mad and they don't talk to you. Aren't you thankful that's not what God's like? There's so many ways of hearing God. But then, and I'm going to close out with just a couple of thoughts. How does God speak? There's a myriad of ways scripturally. God speaks through the eyes, their dreams, their visions. Um, you know, some visions are outward visions. I've only had this two or three times where the scene in front of me changes, my eyes open. It's like watching a movie. Most of the time, it's what we call an internal vision, like a picture on the mind's eye. But here's the key. Imagination is not the same thing as a vision. Imagination comes out of my spirit, my mind, my heart. A vision from God looks like imagination because it's on the screen of my imagination, but it's initiated by God, not by me. I don't have to try to imagine myself flying around the heavens. I did a scripture, I did a scripture search one time. When Paul was caught to the heavens, can I tell you, Paul did nothing. God did everything. He was hungry, he was open. But there's teaching going around trying to tell people how to use psychic technique and manipulate themselves in the heavenly realm. And I believe that is illegal access to the heavens. I believe we say, God, here I am, I'm hungry, but God initiates. There's the visionary realm, the dream realm. Kim has dreams from the Lord all the time. And many times she'll ask God, give me a dream. What's amazing, I, I've asked God for dreams over and over and I never have dreams. What's interesting is she doesn't understand most of the dreams, but God tends to give me the interpretation. So it'll work together. There, there's the, uh, the auditor around, the voice of the Lord. You know, the, the still small voice of the Lord, where you have to quiet yourself in here. But there's the audible voice of God. I've never heard God's audible voice. Kim's heard God's audible voice, what is it, six times? Seven times. Now catch this. When we were dating, she broke up with me twice. Go figure. Twice God had to speak to her audibly that she had to marry me. <laughs> pray, pray for Kim. But it's the audible voice of the Lord. God has um, the, the realm of, of feeling. Sometimes, I, you know, I was talking earlier about tokens uh, of, of fire. Sometimes you can feel the burning of the Lord. You can feel the electricity of God. You can feel, sometimes words of knowledge come because you will feel the actual physical pain or discomfort somebody has. Speaking of that earlier during worship, I felt the Lord saying he was bringing healing to somebody who has a, either a pain for a locked up shoulder and you're going to have full freedom of movement, no pain. I also saw a picture of, of a heart and it looked like, um, I don't know if it's the chamber or what, but it's a portion of the heart that is inactive. I don't know if it's quote-unquote dead, but inactive, and I saw the electricity of God causing it to begin to beat again. And so even as we're just going through, and as we come to the altars in a few moments, if you need healing, trust God. He's going to release that. So there's many ways that, that God speaks in, in all of these things, and, and then, you know, there are the things that get really out there. There are the, the aromas of heaven. You know, he is the rose of Sharon. Have you ever been in a meeting when the smell of roses comes? The lily of the valley, lilies. I've had this on a, just a few occasions. But please, don't get weird. Don't come to church next Saturday and walk in and go, is God here? 
You don't have to become flaky to be anointed. Even, even in the realm of, of deliverance, back in the 80s, we were going to communist Poland. We took a team with us to uh, um, uh, Auschwitz, the con- Auschwitz, the concentration camp. And, and we're, difficult, sobering, sad, demonic place. But as we're walking through, Kim began to physically get ill and wretch because she smelled the spirit of death. Nobody else on the team smelled anything, including me, but she's more a seer than I am, an experiential and a revelation. And, and, and so you recognize God will use multiple ways of speaking to us. Even the taste, tastes and see that the Lord is good. His word is like honey in the honeycomb. You know, so I, I had a friend that he would preach and sometimes he would go, and he would begin to taste silver in his mouth as the silver of the word of God. I mean, I know some of this can sound really out there, but God is wanting us to embrace the fullness of the way he speaks. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. I keep going down there. Thank you, Pastor. And then there's the experiences, the actual visitations from the Lord. I can tell you that we've had you know, angelic encounters here and there. Sometimes it's been in the visionary realm. Sometimes it's been full on. Sometimes it's been lights uh, in, in, in the atmosphere. There are so many ways. And then one time, uh, and Kim, I have to share with you at some point in time, but one time God, she was caught up to heaven. I've never had that experience. She's only had that one time. But one time she was caught up in very, before the very throne of God. All I'm saying is this. God didn't pick us because we were better than, holier than. God wants to reveal Jesus to every one of us. He wants to put his word in our mouth. And so we got to have faith. We've got to get rid of every blockage. We need to recognize the ways in which God speaks. We need to then activate the word of the Lord and declare with love and boldness and faith what God's speaking into every realm of society that God has given us, learning to do it without blaming God. You don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. And God will use you. To bring forth his word and his word in our mouths is going to release the flame of God. And the fires of God, the revival we're praying for, the reformation of culture is going to come. Yes, we must pray, but we must act. And God wants to put the word of the Lord in your mouth to be a prophetic voice. We could go on and on and on and on, and you say, yes, you already have. (laughs) We're going to be talking about the fact that God is releasing his voice, and we need to open our mouths and let the word of the Lord fill our mouths with his revelation. Because ultimately, it's not going to be a political platform that's going to save America. It's not going to be, and I thank God for, you know, speeches and and, and truths, all of that. But ultimately, it's going to take a voice of the Lord. Because until you hear Father's voice, you don't come home. And it's going to take those of us engaged in culture, speaking the voice of the Father. And so what is God saying to us for 2020 and beyond? You know, I was telling the leaders last night, I prayed, God, please don't give me another vision, 2020 vision. That's everything you see on the Internet, 2020 vision. You know, um, and I, I believe God's doing that. But let me say this. We're in a time where it's more important what God's saying than your favorite prophet. 
It's more important what God's saying than your favorite politician. God will speak through politicians and prophets, but we, you, can hear the voice of the Lord. And so we're going to pray, God, open our ears to hear. Open our eyes to see. Open our mouths to speak. Why don't you stand with me, please? Kim Shekinah, would you come? What we want to do... Correct. Okay, do you want to do the offering before we do ministry? Okay, we can take just a few moments, and then we'll, we'll close that. Come on, if you would. Would you take and lift your, your uh, hands to the Lord? Father, we all have stories, testimonies of how the voice of the Lord has come at key moments and times. But Lord, you spoke to us earlier that what has been the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Lord, you, you spoke to us earlier through our brother that what has been uh, the supernatural or, or the unique experience is going to become normal. Lord, we don't want to only have one story or two stories of something that happened five and a half years ago. We want to come into a place where your voice and your power and your heart is so real, so much a part of our, our walk with you, that God, it's normal and natural to hear your voice, to speak your word, and to release your power. Lord, you said earlier that you're going to release tongues, multiple tongues of fire. And Lord, as we each speak, it's going to coalesce into a raging inferno and furnace. God, would you baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire? Yes, we will speak in tongues. But God, may we prophesy the word of the Lord. God, thank you for victory, a church of his presence. And Lord, we stretch our hands. Come, Brian and Brandon, just for a second. We're going to, in a moment, we're going to uh, take the time and, and just uh, flow in personal ministry. Uh, Kim and I have no, and Shekinah have no place to preach tomorrow, so we don't have to go to bed. Uh, you don't either, so... <clears throat> Would you stretch your hands for Brian and Brent, please? Sorry, sweetie. Are you okay? Father, we want to thank you for Brian and Brent. Lord, as individuals, as friends, Lord, as a man and woman of God, a man, man and woman of fire, of passion, and all the other things. God, we thank you for who they are. You know, you, you have spoken over and over, and I've, you know, of course, read your books and different things, um, and, and the heart of the Father, and being sons and daughters, and you, you speak about that a lot. And I'm reminded of, of a truth God showed me one time in Psalm, I believe it's in 2, where it talks about the nations will be your inheritance. And this was the word spoken by the Father in time immemorial to the Son in time immemorial. And the promise was from a father to a son of an inheritance. 
And the way the Lord put it into my heart was this. Servants work for a wage, but sons receive an inheritance. And you have fought. You've had the heart of a servant, but you fought having the identity of a servant in a positive way so that you would have the identity of a son. You've had the heart of a servant, but you've had the identity of a son and a daughter. And the Lord says this, son and daughter, there are inheritances that are not just given at a later time. They're inheritances that are entrusted to sons and daughters because they're needed at the moment. And I believe the Lord is saying, I am releasing a season of inheritance. It will not be the whole ball of wax at one point in one time. But it is as if the Lord says, I am opening the treasury of heaven and I am releasing inheritance. Yes, it's going to be provision, but it's going to be more than that. It's the inheritance of a nation. And please test all of this out. You know the prophetic. I say that for the, the, the benefit of everybody listening. I believe the Lord says, as you are faithful with keys to one city and one nation, God will entrust keys that will also speak into other. And I'm not saying you're going to jump all over the world, but I do believe God says, I'm going to build bridges to key nations. And you're not just going to go and preach in another church and another culture through an interpreter. It's going to be that governmental anointing, but it's going to be on bridges that God builds. And so, Lord, we thank you. Because, uh, in, in fact, if I can, in Isaiah, I believe it's in chapter 49, um, I, God said to Isaiah, it's too small a thing for you just to call your own people back. I'm giving you for a light to the nations. I don't know all the ways that's going to work out. But the Lord says, don't forget, this is going to expand to nations. Kim, she kind of. Very interesting. I've never heard the Lord say this, really, I don't think, to anybody. But the Lord just kept speaking in my ear, tell them that they are ambassadors. Ambassadors was his word, ambassadors. I'm not even sure exactly how that all fits into the connotation, but the Lord, with an excitement in his voice, just whispered to me, tell them they are ambassadors. I feel like something big is about to happen. I don't know what. I can't tell you. I don't have the defining vision right now. But the Lord says, ambassadors. And I watched. I watched uh, like a scene of your life in your ministry. And you've, you have gone, and you've gone at a quick pace even a lot of times. And you've had to dodge a lot of junk. It was like a junkyard at times that has been thrown in your path where you've had to duck and dodge this one. And you've had to walk over here and walk over there so you don't get torn up again. So your feet don't trip again. And the Lord says this, you are getting ready to turn a corner. And around that corner, there is going to be a clearing of the path like you have never seen before. 
The Lord says, you have been faithful, 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 even when it felt like a junkyard was being thrown at you. And the Lord says, the corner is about to be turned, faithful ones. Know that I have a plan that goes so far beyond what you thought it was. Of course, test everything out. I don't even know completely what this means. But I saw, okay, so you know how when there is a plant, a tree, something like that, you have to trim it to allow it to grow. I saw a tree, and the Lord was trimming off some branches on the tree that weren't needed. Not specifically bad branches, but branches that were holding it back, branches that were kind of hindering it. And I saw as he started trimming all of the branches off, the tree, you guys, started to grow. And not only did it grow, it grew to miraculous lengths. And I saw you start to blossom. I saw flowers start to bloom on all of the branches. And I also saw you guys, and I saw some people quite unexpectedly stabbed you in the back. And honestly, you didn't quite know what to do with that because you trusted these people completely. And I saw as the Lord, he put his arm around you and he said that he will bring the right people in your life at the right time. Stretch your hands toward them. Even some of that thing of what Shekinah was talking about, about the trimming and then the growing, the miraculous growth of flowers, all of that. It's not just for them personally, it's for this house. And for this church. And I felt the Lord saying to you, Victory Church, that God is saying this, even as you are being willing to stand with and sow, even though it's only for seasons and times, sow your pastors into different fields, the Lord says this is a launching pad, not just for Brian and Brad. It's a launching pad for all of you. It is a launching pad. This is going to be a place where you're not just going to be envisioned. You're not just going to be be equipped, but you're actually going to be released. I've been in so many places that are great at giving vision, they're great at giving equipping, but they don't know how to release people into destiny. God says this is going to be a place where it's not going to be sons and daughters uh, raised up and then held back. It's going to be a place where you are released, you are launched as a church, even as you sown and continue to sow in your prayers and everything else, your pastors at different areas and spheres uh, and assignments, the Lord says he is releasing that here as well. So would you just lift your hands to the Lord for a moment, please? And, and would you worship the Lord for a moment? I'm going to come off the microphone just for a moment, but would you just begin to worship God, if you would?
Lord, we give you thanks that, God, you are bringing forth. Lord, out of Victory Church, yes, we got out of your church in Sarasota. Lord, a kingdom understanding, a revelational anointing. God, we pray that you would ignite our, 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 our lives with the fire of God. Do this as a prophetic act, and then pastor's going to go back, receive love offering, and then we're going to just move into personal ministry. But would you do this as a prophetic act of faith? Lay hands on your ears, if you would please. God, we prayed uh, earlier. I think pastor was saying, God, uh, to, to uh, baptize us, baptize our ears, our eyes, our, our hearts. God, would you release the fire of God on our ears? Lord, burn out the junk that we've listened to. Lord, the doubts and the fears and God, even the negative reports about other ministries and other churches. God, burn that out. May we not give ear to those things, but only to the voice of the Lord. God, fine-tune our hearing. Lay hands on your eyes if you would. God, at times we've given our eyes to look at filth and junk. Lord, forgive us for hearing and seeing things that tear down and don't build up. Lord, anoint our eyes to see in the realm of the Spirit. God, to see what you are doing and hear what you are saying. Thirdly, touch your heart, your chest right over your heart. God, may our hearts burn within us. God, may we have the heart of Jesus. May we weep over our cities and our nation, not over dejection and, and, and uh, despondency, but, Lord, with compassion. And then one more, touch your lips. God, anoint our lips with fire. That, Lord, we would not speak our own words and thoughts and opinions and platforms, but that we would speak the word of the Lord. If you feel that there, I'm not going to call you up right now, but if you feel that there is the call of a prophet or the prophetic, you may not wear a title, but you feel that the prophetic is a key part of the gifting God's placed on your life, I want you uh, just to keep your hand let rest it on your mouth, on your lips. Father, across all of us, the entire body can hear the voice of God. But, Lord, there are those among us that have been called very specifically to be a prophetic voice. Lord, I pray that even tonight there would be a fresh baptism of the coal from off the altar of heaven. That the fire of God would burn within us. And God, every time we begin to speak our own opinion and words that are not of the throne of God, that you would catch our words, that you would muzzle our mouth, that God, we would be mute before people when we're not speaking the word of the Lord. But God, then let the fire of God burst forth like an eruption of God. May there be an eruption of the prophetic word of the Lord. God in Sarasota and to this nation. Lord, we thank you. God, we pray that in the next few moments, Lord, that you would move, that you would speak prophetically, that you would release healing in bodies, that you would release prophetic revelation, prophetic encouragement. And so, Lord, uh, Brian prayed earlier, Lord, that nothing is left undone that the Father wants to do tonight. And so, God, thank you. Lord, that you will accomplish all that you have purposed in heaven this night for the glory and honor of Jesus. Amen. I mean, go ahead and take a seat for a moment.
Um, in a moment, we're going to come back, and, and I don't know how much we're going to do on the microphone, but we're going to come, and we would love the honor to pray and believe God to speak and act in, in, in your lives. So, Pastor, please. So this is how we're going to transition the night, okay? We want to help everybody transition easily. We want to receive a special love offering for their ministry. If you're going to write a check tonight, you can write it directly to Victory. 100% of this offering will go to them. That's how we do it at Victory. 100% and actually and some. <laughs> That's how we always do it. And so tonight, if you, ushers, would you come? If you need an offering envelope tonight, just lift your hand high. And if you're not prepared to give tonight, you can also go online. You can give at victoryfla.com. And you can, you can put a special designation on there for guest speaker. It's very easy to do. It's very safe and secure to do that. Um, Bren, I want you to give all of this. And um, Can I have an envelope, Mark? Thank you. Thanks, Cody. Thank you, Lord. After this offering, the way we're going to transition is we're going to open up the altars for those of you that would like ministry. And we're not in a hurry tonight. It's why we actually do Saturday night church. So we don't have to be in a hurry and we can linger in the presence of the Lord and we can maximize what he wants to release tonight. And so we're going to open the altars in just a few moments. And I know Russ and Kim and Shekinah are going to be released. And, and I know the prophetic is going to act, be activated very strong. Last night we had a leadership meeting and it was phenomenal. A lot of prophetic words were released into lives that were just amazing. It's going to happen through the, through the altars tonight. So stay with us and I encourage you to just receive. Thank you, Lord. Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless this offering, and I bless it to the Klein family and to the perpetual ministry increase of your kingdom released through their lives and to the nations of the earth. I pray, Lord, that the offering that goes forth from this place will be a kiss from heaven upon their life. I thank you for the privilege, Lord, of being able to give and plant seed into these precious, wonderful friends of God. I want you to ask the Lord what to give right now. You may be in here and you, you may say, Brian, I've only got like three, $3 in my pocket. Just give it. But give it in love. Give it in faith. Don't despise a gift. Don't despise a gift. You know, Jesus said, what do we have? And Andrew said, uh, we, we've actually found a lunch. I mean, there's just a few fish. There's just a few bread. We've got a lunch. I mean, can you imagine, you know, P Andrew's brother, Peter, whipping around, giving him the eyebrows? Like, really? Really? You're going to say that to the Lord? We've got a lunch? Well, his faith was starting to work. That's, that's important. So tonight... Give what the Lord puts in your heart to give. Amen? Would you do that? Oh, I declare blessing and I declare miracles, miracles 
on this offering and miracles on the gift tonight. Miracles on the gift tonight. You know, Pastor David, your son uh, was wanting to talk to me before service about the tithe. He was so excited about the tithe, the tithe, the tithe. And I told him, I said, well, your tithe goes to mom and dad's church. I said, but if you want to give an offering, this is for you, buddy. This is for you. I said, but if you want to give an offering tonight, you can do that. So just ask the Lord, whatever he puts in your heart, and do that. I'm excited for you. It's a heart to give. It's exciting. It's a heart to give. It's beautiful. Lord, thank you for that. The scripture says, and a child shall lead them. (laughs) Amen. Ushers, would you come right now? Amen. Amen. Go right ahead. Serve the people. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. God of revival. I think I could just sing that all night. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, man. Thank you for serving the body. So let's do this. Um, If if you need to be dismissed and you need a formal benediction tonight, hallelujah. Give you a formal benediction for you to be released tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So if you need that, you, you've got that. You know I'm playing. But if you want to linger tonight and receive some more, I want to encourage you to do that. We're not in a hurry. We're going to be here. We're, it's going to be fun. God's got a lot to release tonight. So Lord, we just pray for a, a greater grace right now for impartation. For impartation that the words of life will be planted into hearts and into dreams and into vision tonight. And that there will be an activation, Lord, tonight to become a voice for God, a prophetic voice for God. And fire upon it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Russ and Kim, Shekinah, I'd like you to come. And uh, if you... if however you want to flow if there's some individuals that you want to begin with to call out that's how I thought you'd probably start flowing that way and then we'll we'll move to corporate prayer excellent thank you for your giving I appreciate it and for pressing into God so we'll, what we're going to do is we're just going to flow with the Holy Spirit as pastor said um, when you need to slip out feel free and and you've honored the Lord and, and honored us by, by being here and, and uh, so no offense taken if anybody needs to slip out and Um, Remember this. I know the majority of us understand, but just so we're all on the same page, we don't live our lives by prophecies. We live our lives by the written Word of God. And all prophecy has got to be tested. It's got to line up with Scripture. You have the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And He will give you witness and, and testify a yes and amen to a prophetic word. And if a prophetic word is corrective or directive, you don't run off and just do something. You go to the spiritual pastors and leaders and spiritual moms and dads in your life and get their their input. Now, if we prophesy God loves you, don't call Brian at 3 in the morning and say, does God really love me? But 
Yeah, yeah. He does. I'm not sure I do. <laughs> and remember, if we don't give you a word, it's not because God's mad at you. It's not because we don't like you. We just want to flow in, in all that God um, has. You, you had a couple of things, uh, so why don't you share what that is and then see where we go. It was quite unusual, actually. Russ was saying about the Lord speaks in key moments. And whenever he said that, all of a sudden the letters changed. And I, I was seeing a vision. The Lord speaks in chemo. Like, has there been somebody here that you have had chemotherapy? And God says, it is, it's time to hear the voice of the Lord. And the Lord, I mean, changed, I mean, I watch, I've never seen him do that before. Change it from key moments to chemo. Are you presently receiving chemo? Finish the harsh chemo. And now, would you all come and let us agree with you? See, the key is the, the promise of God and all these other things. But key moments becomes key mo because God is intervening. Would you stretch your hands toward them, please? Chris and Lois. I tell you what, when the Lord, the Lord showed me that as a vision and changed the letters, it was like he did it with such a, it's hard to describe. There was such a compassion in him when he was doing that and showing me that. It brought me to tears. And the Lord says this, get ready. You are walking into a season of hearing my voice. Hearing my voice. Even in this moment that has been, it's been, it's been hard. It has been hard, some of the things, and some of the, even the doubts that have sprung up even during some stuff, and even some of the thoughts that went through your brain. The Lord says this, I am speaking to you. You are entering into a new realm of hearing my voice. The Lord speaks in chemo, key moments. And the Lord says this, it is time to see that I am at work even behind the scenes when sometimes you've wondered, where are you, God? And God says this, I am doing a work in you, even tonight. You are going to even sense something different, I believe. And God says this, you are going to hear my voice with more clarity than you've ever heard before. And you know that God has called you to a specific thing that is going to be even powerful. And yet it seems like the enemy is trying to rob you. And the Lord says this, I will not be robbed. I will not be robbed. Know that God will do what he says he will do. Father, we stand in agreement for Lord, they and this church have made declarations of faith. They haven't just prayed prayers of faith, they've made declarations of faith. And God, we stand in agreement for there's power in the agreement of the word of the Lord. And God, thank you that Lord, we are standing and agreeing for wholeness, for health, for restoration. Years ago, we, we, we traveled with uh, a prophet named Bob Jones for about 10 years. And during one of this time, um, I had one of the few experiences that I have had with the Lord. And I watched as an oil from heaven came down, and it came over Kim and I. She kind of was, was not born yet. Came down over us like a golden oil, and it went through every cell, every vein, every fiber of our body, and it pushed out 
darkness. It pushed out sickness. It pushed out everything. And it not only uh, glowed, but it formed a protective barrier. And we went to Bob and said, what does this mean? He said, it's not only the healing of the Lord, it's the sealing of the Lord. I want to be very careful how we prophesy things. But I saw that vision and heard the sealing of the Lord. And so, God, we stand in agreement that the very glory of God is coming through every cell, every fiber, every nerve, every vessel, every part, and is pushing out every work of the enemy. And not only will it glow with the glory of God, but, Lord, we ask that it be sealed and protected from all future attacks. And so, Lord, as Kim was talking about hearing in this season, I don't know if you're doing this already, but it's like, and it's for both of you, it's as if God is saying, get your, whether you write it or put it on a, a phone or computer, get a hold of the key revelations in this time. Because God is giving you building blocks for tomorrow. God's giving you truths now that are building blocks for what is going to release you in tomorrow. Father, we thank you. Shekinah, please. So I saw a couple things. The first thing is for both of you. I saw you in a car and you were stuck in the mud. And you know how whenever you're stuck in the mud, you if you try to hit the gas, it just sinks deeper? Well, I saw as you kept hitting the gas and it kept going deeper and deeper and it just kind of felt like you were making a hole the, the hole was getting bigger and bigger and bigger until you just almost couldn't see out of it and I saw as Jesus he walked straight up to you and he pulled you out of the mud and then I saw he did this with such gentleness he rinsed you off all of the remaining mud that was on you he rinsed all of that off and then he put a light in front of your path showing you where he wants you to go next and then for you i don't know if you do any counseling or anything like that in the natural but i saw young women especially coming to you and some of these young women they don't have their moms in their life and they thought of you as a spiritual mother. And you're going to be able to help them not only through him, but also through stuff that happened in your past. And you were able to help them and guide them through those same things. And I feel like God is going to use you very mightily in that way. Stretch your hands toward them, if you would, please. Father, we stand in agreement not only for health, wholeness, freedom, deliverance, but God for a future. A hope, but also a future. <laughs> Father, we thank you for the release of God in this key moment of time. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, guys. Praise God. Now, I don't remember meeting anybody with this name, so maybe it's somebody in your life if this person's not here, but I heard the Lord say, Susan, a Susan, and I saw how the enemy has tried to give a black eye. 
is like a black-eyed Susan. You know what a flower called a black-eyed Susan? And the Lord said that with his victory, that Susan would not be losing, is what he spoke to me. And so, is there a Susan here? Two Susans? Wow. Well, you come up here then. You know, I, I think it's, in fact, it's quite interesting is, um, at the very, before we took the microphone, the Lord directed me back to the, the, um, the communion table. And the Lord said to not just do one, but to take two. He says, because it's going to be double. So maybe you guys are the double. <laughs> I thought the sound guys probably think I'm weird back here because I'm doing twice, but the Lord told me to do that. And so, first I'll prophesy over you if that's all right. Susan, I tell you what. You have gone through some stuff even, there's been a lot of things that you have gone through over your life. I was watching a vision of your life, and it seemed like you were walking along pretty good. And out of the blue, it was just like you were blindsided and knocked down. I mean, where it just left you stunned. And God says this. Yes, the enemy wanted to make you a black-eyed Susan. But you are going to be a rose, a rose that will absolutely smell like Jesus and will bring the fragrance of the Lord everywhere you go. There have been so many seasons of your life, and many people can't tell it just by looking at you, for it just feels like everything has been tied up into knots inside of you because of things that gone on. And God says, it is time now. It is time now to no longer be the black-eyed Susan being beaten up by the enemy. It is time to be the rose and the fragrance of the Lord. God says, you are mine, Susan. You are mine. It is time now now to run forward no longer black-eyed Susan. It is a rose, the rose of Sharon that you will be the fragrance of. And for you, Susan, I tell you what, I saw this vision of you and there has been so many dreams and plans of your life. You've, you've, you've had these things inside of you, but sometimes it seems like they have been shut down somehow and you've never seen the fulfillment of exactly what you felt like God wanted you to do. And the Lord says this, yes, the enemy has tried to beat you up and say, that wasn't God. That, that was just yourself thinking of that stuff. And the Lord says this, I'm giving you ears to hear tonight, Susan, ears to hear tonight, Susan that those things that I placed in your heart, even some quite, quite long ago, the Lord says, those were from me. Those were from me. And the enemies try to beat you up over stuff thinking that it's just you. And it wasn't just you. It was the Lord himself. And God says, you're going to enter into a season of a fulfillment of some dreams and some possibilities that will fill your heart with wings. And God says, watch and see. It is time now to run like never before, Susan. And when you run, the wings are going to come out and you will fly as well. No longer the Susan with just how these things bottled up in your heart. Now it is going to be the actual Susan that will fly with the Lord, that will hear the Lord and those promises coming to pass that you thought long ago would never come. And Susan, for you, as, as Kim was talking, you know, I saw a, a black eye in the natural. It swells up around and it's hard to see. And she was talking about vision, and I heard the Lord say, you're going to begin to see clearly. 
the things that have not made sense. There have been a lot of questions, not just recently, but through the years, a lot of questions. God, I don't understand. If, if you're a good God and you promised this, then why this, this, and this? But the Lord says, daughter, your faith is held strong even in the midst of the questions. And now the Lord says, you're going to see clearly. And things are going to start making sense. But God is giving you vision again to see. The enemy wanted to blacken your eye. And there were some things in the natural as well that, 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 that brought that, that victimization. But the Lord is saying this, that is no longer your lot in life. So, Father, we thank you. Stretch your hands toward these ladies, if you would. Shekinah, anything in particular? Go and stretch your hands toward these Susans. One thing for you as well, Susan, is this. The Lord says this. I dropped promise into your heart even a long time ago, and it seems like it would never, ever come. And the Lord says, watch and see if I will not, if I will not cause even that promise I gave you to come to pass in ways that will bring such a joy to your heart that you're going to think, wow, Lord, wow, Lord, it is really happening. God says this, I've been with you every step of the way, even at times where it felt like grief was going to take you over. The Lord says this, I have been with you even during those grief times. And now it is a season because the morning is at hand. The morning is at hand and you are going to see the light again. The light again. For you, I heard the Lord say to you, I love them even more than you do. And I feel like there might be someone in your life that you've been praying desperately for them to get on the right path, praying desperately for them to find the way, find the Lord. And the Lord is letting you know that you don't have to worry. He loves them even more than you do. Let's just worship Jesus for a moment, congregation. Lord, we honor you. We thank you. Bless your daughters. Bless your daughters. Thank you, Father. <laughs> thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and just uh, take a moment. You've been sitting for a minute. Go ahead and stand with us for a second. We're going to, uh, in a moment, we're going to just open the altar area and and begin to minister however uh, the Lord leads in that. But holy God, thank you, Lord, for identifying specific things and people. But God, our faith is not saying, well, what about me? Or God, we know when we come to you, Lord, you will meet, you will speak. And so Lord, over these next moments, we pray that the voice of the Lord would be released not just through the three of us as we minister, but God, may we hear the voice of the Lord. God, give us revelation and accomplish your purposes. If, um, if you need, and we're, we're not going to do a quote-unquote healing service, but if you need a healing in your body, there's something about just the presence of God. Um, if you need one of those two things I was talking about earlier, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know exactly whether it's arthritis, bursitis, whatever it is, but there's problem. It felt like it was more the right shoulder, but it could be the other, but I believe it's the right. Um, but there's been difficulty, pain, difficulty having full movement. God wants to release healing. Also, secondly, that area where part of the heart is not fully functioning, and I just literally saw like a bolt of, of God cause it to come alive again. 
Does that identify with anybody here? Those, those two things. Would you all come if, that, if one of those two things identifies um, the need that's in your body? And we want to stand in agreement with you um, in, in those areas and believe the Lord to bring that to us. One other thing I wanted to share. Earlier today, the Lord gave me an unusual vision. I don't know. It may have happened a long time ago. It may have been just happened yesterday. I don't know. The Lord didn't give me a time. I saw a small car, and it looked either white or a very light color. And I saw that there was a wreck that, that I, what I saw was the passenger, the passenger door, I saw it dented in. And the Lord, I believe, he may be just using this as a, a, a signal for that person. But the Lord says this. He wants to take some of the wreck in your life. And the Lord says, I am the one that can put you back together. But it happened. It was a smaller car. It was a light color, either white or a lighter color. And I saw a dent into the passenger door in the front is what I saw. So let's see what God may be speaking. This may not signal the need for a physical healing. This is talking about God putting back what the enemy wanted to wreck in your life. Does that identify with anybody? You, you had a wreck. It was a small, light-colored car. The passenger side was dented in. And you see where the enemies were trying to make a wreck of your life. And you're believing God to restore that. Does that make sense to anybody? Going once? Going twice. All right. Okay. We're going to pray. Would you stretch your hands towards these that are here? What is the, the physical? The heart? And the, uh, the shoulder and the pain. And then, okay. The shoulders and then the heart. Would you stretch your hands toward them, please? Um, if if you've seen, uh, if, if, if you have had a healing touch from God in the physical um, skeletal system, it may not be in the shoulder, but you've had arthritis, you've had other things kind of like that healed, would you just uh, come and, and just come up front? If you've had God heal you in that area, does that make sense? If you've had God heal you in that type of area, would you just come and stand behind our pastors as they lay hands on some of these? I want your faith to stand with us. Is there anybody here you've had God heal you or a family member of a heart issue? If you have, I want you to come and stand with her as well. So go ahead and stretch your hands toward them now, please. Father, we thank you. Those of you that need healing in the uh, the shoulders in that area, lift lift your hands and your arms to the degree you can, okay? And we're going to pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, even as I experience that physical pain during worship, Lord, I don't have problems in my joints. I don't have pain. I thank you for that. But God, as I began to feel that physical pain, I felt it was a, a word signifying something you wanted to bring healing in. And so we speak to bursitis and arthritis and everything else that causes pain and hindrance and lack of movement. Um, we say to every spirit of infirmity that would try to attack, we say in Jesus' name, every device of Satan against them is being driven away. And we say to their shoulders, we say to their skeletal systems, we say to their joints to be healed and be made whole. We say now freedom of movement, 
with no hindrance and no pain in the name of Jesus. And so as we begin to pray for our sister here, those of you that have had pain or hindrance, go ahead and just begin as an act of faith to, to move, to see, to do what you couldn't do before without pain. It's not up to you. It is God's touch on you. You're just moving out into that realm of faith. So begin to move in that area. And so God, even as Shekinah is laying hands, God, we ask now, Lord, that you would touch. God, in fact, Shekinah, go ahead just right there. And now, sister, what I saw, I saw literally like a tiny lightning bolt from heaven hitting and causing the heart to just, it's like it jump-started, just like a, um, a, a, a car, a uh, uh, you know, battery being jump-started. And I heard the Lord say he's releasing the electricity of heaven to cause every part, every chamber, every fiber, every cell of the heart to operate properly. We know in the natural, the heart has electricity, but it's as if the electricity of heaven. And so now we declare to this heart, be whole, be healed. We say that the word of the Lord is released and the word of the Lord is life it's healing it's wholeness where there has been weakness and weariness and pain of any sort we command you to be gone in Jesus name God right now may the release of healing power come upon her and every part of her being specifically we say to the heart be made whole in the name of Jesus and the Lord says to you not only in the physical realm he says you know what it is to have your heart broken by those you poured yourself into and they seem to take the very love you poured into them and throw it back in your face but God says I am working and the seeds and the love and the words and the support and the prayers and even some of the natural support and natural help you gave to people that should have been uh, self-sufficient but you gave anyway. God says he's watching over every seed that you've planted and God says watch because he's going to, and I hear this word clearly, the Lord says he's going to arrest their hearts. He's going to arrest their hearts and it's going to be God grabbing their spiritual heart to draw them back into his heart into his heart and so God thank you even as you're healing your physical heart God we thank you that you're arresting the hearts of loved ones oh God that she's poured her heart into and Lord they will come back in the name of Jesus Father we thank you if you feel if you had pain or difficulty in certain movement, if you feel a difference, this is not proclaiming you're better than or your faith is better than. This is just seeing what God is doing. But if you feel that something is different, just begin to move and let us know what God is doing. Congregation, would you just press into the Lord for a moment? Worship the Lord with us. We're going to open these altars in a moment and begin to prophesy as the Lord opens the way and directs in that area. Um, and the Lord says this,
daughter, there are things that you put your effort to. Um, you know, there's uh, it, it's it's like I heard the Lord say, just like um, you know, there's a phrase elbow grease. There's a phrase of putting your shoulder into it. Um, it's like the Lord says, you have labored with a right heart, but you've not seen a lot of harvest and return on your labor. And sometimes it can feel like there's a scripture that says, have I labored in vain? But the Lord says, you've not labored in vain. There is not, there's not been a lot of gratefulness for what you sacrificed. But the Lord says, thank you. Thank you for preferring others in the midst of your own need. Some of it was physical, financial. Some of it, though, was spiritual, emotional. Some of it seems to even be your own space. I don't know how to say that, but your own space. And the Lord says, you've sacrificed, but watch, because God is faithful. He's the God of the harvest. And I believe with you that the Lord, even as a sign that when you put your shoulder into it, when you sacrifice, God's touching your physical body as well. So, Father, we thank you for the healing of the Lord and God for the harvest back of the work and the labor that she has done. Father, we thank you. Congregation, just thank you for pressing into the Lord, allowing God to flow. Spirit of God, come. Oh, and brother, I tell you what, I, I looked at you and the Lord says, I sure love that boy. And the Lord says this, you are my son. And yet it seems like different circumstances and situations sometimes beat you up where you can't see yourself clearly the way God sees you and he delights in you. He delights in you. He looks at you and he's very protective of you, his son. And God says this, watch and see if I will not even cause your eyes to see in different ways where you can see how loved you are. And God says, I've given you your own personal mission field. And I don't know quite what that means, but your own personal mission field where you're going to go and you're going to shine the light of Jesus. And God says this, I will use you. I will use you as your, uh, as a missionary, even in a field that it seems almost foreign to other people and God says watch and see because I have great plans for you son and you know as even before Kim was speaking I felt the Lord say you're going to be a champion for the underdog and God says you're going to help people pull themselves out of the, the, the gutter of life and actually make something of themselves. It's going to be spiritual, but it's going to be fiercely practical as well. And the Lord says, you're going to be a champion for the underdog. So God, we thank you. Lord, his mission field. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. Spirit of God, come. You know, it's, it's like I saw the Lord saying, I am replacing your spiritual glasses. I know in the natural, you have the, the eyeglasses, but it's like the Lord says, I am going to let you see through the lenses of heaven. There is, there's a seeing anointing on you. But it's like the Lord says, he's going to take it from a fuzzy image to clarity. It's almost like old analog TV compared to the newest thing. 
and you seem in the spirit, but God is fine-tuning it. And there's going to be clarity because you've had the vague senses of timing and things that God wanted to do and things that God was saying. And you've been faithful to offer that. But at times it's been frustrating because it seemed like it was still vague. The Lord says, son, you've been faithful with what I've given you, but now I'm bringing increase. So Lord, let him begin to see, Lord, with eyes of heaven. Have you ever seen these videos that go around Facebook and other things of people that are colorblind and then somebody gives them glasses so they can see in color? That's the kind of picture I'm seeing. And it's, it's like God is going to so enliven your spiritual vision. And so God says, do not despise what you see. Do not think less of it than what it is. Because as you value the gift that God has given, he's going to bring increase. But not only within a church realm. God says it's going to be revelation that's going to open the hearts. I I hear the Lord saying hard hearts. God has put people around you that are thick-headed and thick-hearted. It's going to take more than spiritual terminology and so God says son this uh, fine tuning of what you see is going to be the key that unlocks their hard hearts and I see I see how do I put this I see little boys hiding inside grown men and God's going to give you the key to open their heart and bring healing to that little boy inside through the heart of daddy God Father, we thank you, Shekinah. I saw you, and you were a warrior, but not a typical fighting Gur kind of warrior. You were a warrior of God's love. And that kind of shocked people. They were, for lack of a better word, they were thinking that you're going to attack them with the gospel, attack them like they've always been attacked. But instead, you, again, for lack of a better word, attacked you, attacked them with the love of the Lord. And that shocked them, that knocked them down, and it knocked the wall that they had built around their hearts down. And for the first time, they saw the love of the Lord in a way that they didn't even know existed. And I feel like God is going to make you a warrior of his love. God, release. Father, we thank you. The, 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 the revelation and the power of heaven. Can please. going to do. We're going to just continue to pray and minister. Unless you have something a specific way you want us to go. If we can be honored to bless you and pray with you, please feel free to come join us at the altar. Um, we're not promising to prophesy to everybody, but what we do want to do is agree with you in prayer. And as God speaks to offer the word of the Lord, please. Whose grandson? Okay, so that 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 describes a car wreck that your grandson had, but he had to leave last week. Okay, so did you pray that? Let's pray. What 
What is his name? Robbie, can you all come and just stand in his... And you know, God can answer this prayer just as much to the grandparents as with him standing right here because God's a big God. And I had seen that and I felt like it was, it, it brought some fear into him. Some, it really scared him. But it also, it also has made him focus and see some things going on and think, wow, I need to kind of see this a little different and that a little different. And this is, it's like a season. I'm not saying God caused the wreck. I'm not saying that at all. But I think God is going to use it to cause him to see that he is putting back together some things that were a little bit out of place, a little bit out of order in his life. And I believe Robbie is going to see how God can take even what he looks as, as a wreck and he is going to put him together as that mighty man of God. In fact, he's got a call on his life. And I think you know that. There is a call on his life. I was watching him and I saw him actually standing even behind a pulpit and speaking. I mean, it was to that point. And the Lord says this, sometimes it takes something like this that scares you down to the core for my faith to rise up and put things back into order. And so God didn't cause the wreck, but I believe he's using it to show him, show him this needs to be put back into line. This needs to be put back into order. And God says this, I am here and there is a great, great anointing on his life. And God says this will be the season for him to see it if he will open up all the way to the Lord. So God, we stand in agreement and we declare that this is the time. You're not only protecting him, oh God, but you are reforming his life and making him a reformer for the kingdom. In Jesus' name. Awesome. That's wonderful. If we can pray with you, please feel free to come join us standing at the altar. And what we're going to do, we're going to probably come off the microphone and just take some time, the three of us, probably separated across from here, um, and, and, and pray with you. But again, thank you so much. Brian's going to come and direct us the, the last of this time. Let me say this for, for the clients. Thank you all for letting us come and be with you. Thank you for honoring. Thank you for your love. Um, and, and we want to just press into the Lord with you. So God bless you all so much. And so, um, Pastor, I turn it back. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.